Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unified, a podcast feed from First Church Belmont Unitarian Universalist. We'll be sharing sermons and stories, especially thematic content made new every week. We're so glad you're here, and for more information about who we are and opportunities to grow and deepen, swing by the church on Sundays or check out our website at uubelmont.org. And for now, enjoy this new content. In 1798, when Haydn composed this mass, war was very much on the minds of all Europeans. In 1792, France had started its Italian campaign, trying to capture territory held at the time by the Habsburg monarchy of Austria. And though there were defeats and victories on both sides of the conflict, by 1796, the French army of Italy was under the command of a brilliant young general named Napoleon Bonaparte. By the end of 1797, defeated at almost every turn, Austrian forces had retreated to Vienna, and the French army had arrived within 100 miles of the city. Fearing a prolonged siege, Austrian leaders sued for peace, and Napoleon returned to Paris. It was in this fragile peace that Haydn wrote this mass. And though it is now known as the Lord Nelson Mass, Haydn's title was Misa in Angustis, or Mass in Time of Anxiety. This text is not something that Haydn could change. It had been part of the Catholic liturgy for hundreds of years already. But musically, Haydn was free to express all of the anxiety and fear he was feeling. And as you heard, the beginning of the piece, he does just that. Now, I could go into a long musical analysis of the piece, but this is not the time or the place. We're going to be starting up with the prequel to Major Music Services lectures in March, and I can dive much more into that sort of thing then. But what's important for this morning is that Haydn chooses to move away from the dramatic, fearful harmonies of the opening quite quickly. By the second movement, he's moved from D minor into a much more hopeful, optimistic, and joyful-sounding D major. And for me, this matters, because given the title of the piece, we know Haydn wasn't simply ignoring what was going on around him. He was choosing instead to focus on something positive, letting the music ring through with joy and with hope. Today, we live in a world at war. According to the Uppsala Conflict Data Program, which has been tracking world conflict since 1945, the past two years have been the most conflictual since the end of the Cold War. According to the World Population Review, the following countries are at war or have ongoing sustained armed conflict. And bear with me, because it's a long list. Colombia, Somalia, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Uganda, Afghanistan, Algeria, Sudan, Iraq, Mexico, Mauritania, Nigeria, Benin, Cameroon, Chad, Ghana, the Ivory Coast, Niger, South Sudan, Libya, Syria, Mali, the Central African Republic, Yemen, Tunisia, Burkina Faso, Mozambique, Tanzania, Ethiopia, Myanmar, Serbia, Kosovo, Russia, Ukraine. The list ends there, but now we have to add Israel and Palestine. 
We are called by our Unitarian Universalist faith to acknowledge that we are part of an interdependent web of existence where all lives are precious and everyone deserves peace. With that in mind, we have to acknowledge that this list affects us far beyond the headlines and upsetting news stories. If we are truly interdependent, each of these wars and the countless lives broken and lost that each means has an impact on our own lives. And while we need to recognize and be grateful for the fact that we live here and we don't have Napoleon's armies threatening a siege of Belmont, the impact that a world at war has on all of us is real. It's easy to feel lost and hopeless and like nothing we can do will make the least bit of difference. We are heading into the Christmas season, where Christians around the world celebrate the birth of the Messiah who would save the world. We are, to the best of my knowledge, none of us the Messiah, and we don't have the power to end any of the wars that the world faces. The last movement of the Mass, which we'll hear in a few minutes, is a prayer. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us peace. And if a Messiah comes someday to grant the world peace, that will truly be a wondrous day. But none of us have the power to grant the world peace. So what can we look to to keep ourselves moving forward at a time such as this? The answer, I think, can be found in the same Unitarian Universalist principle, that we are an inextricable part of an interdependent web of existence. Because if a civil war in the Central African Republic or a drug cartel's war in Colombia has an impact on us, then our acts of love, of charity, and justice here must also have an impact on them. However small that impact may be, it must be there. And that is where we can find some hope. Work by folks at the Urban Ministry and the Grow Clinic, which we are supporting through our donations all month, and the collection for that will be during the Benedictus in just a few moments. This work is a step in the right direction. Groups and individuals who are working to welcome refugees, promote justice, feed the hungry, combat wealth inequality, so much that needs to be done, that is being done all around us. These are the words of Emily Dickinson. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and sore must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. We are living in a challenging time, and while hope may not ask anything of us, the world does. It asks us to hold on to hope, to trust that the small things we can do to help move this world towards peace and justice do, in fact, make a difference. And maybe, like Haydn's Mass, during this time of anxiety and of war, we can hold on to the major harmonies, the optimism, the hope. Dona nobis pacem. Grant us peace. May it be so.